0: Hallelujah! Are you glad to be here tonight? Well, praise the Lord. As I was um, thinking about today as we were watching that, the video, and actually um, we had little clips of it earlier this week, this phrase just kept coming up in my spirit, the hand of the Lord is upon us for good. Aren't you glad that when God's hand comes upon you, it's not for bad, it's for good. Whatever he touches, he blesses. Amen. That was such an awesome video and presentation of, of what the Lord has done because his hand has been gracious upon Heart of the Bay this past year. And as I started looking in the Word of God, just looking up references to the hand of the Lord. And tonight I'm going to read quite a few scriptures and I know that we're going to be blessed. Just thinking about the hand of the Lord. But I found these phrases repeated over and over. The hand of the Lord was with them. It's good when God is with us, when God is for us. Aren't you glad he's with us, he's for us, and he's not against us. So it would say that the hand of the Lord was with them. And when his hand was with them, they did strong and mighty acts. And then the word says, the hand of the Lord was strong upon them. Ooh, I love that one. The hand of the Lord was strong upon them. The hand of the Lord was mighty Upon them. How about this one? The hand of the Lord brought deliverance. Aren't you glad that God delivered you? Delivered you out of sin. He delivered you out of sickness and oppression. Thank God for His delivering hand being extended in our lives. And then we'll look over in the New Testament later on that the hand of the Lord was upon them to bring promotion. An exaltation. Glory to God. And when you look at the word hand in the Hebrew, especially over in the Old Testament, it came from the root word yad. Y-A-D. And it me- it's a means by which a work is accomplished. A show of strength and power. How many of you in here have experienced the hand of the Lord been strong upon you? working in you. The hand of the Lord coming upon you and bringing you out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. The hand of the Lord coming upon you in a time when the pressure of the enemy was coming against you. But the hand of the Lord came and brought you up and lifted you up and delivered you out of your oppression. Aren't you glad? The hand of the Lord coming upon our physical bodies and bringing hell and healing. Praise God. Well, again, I like to read out of Psalms, and let's turn over to Psalms 136. And I'll let you know how many verses we're going to read. We're going to look out of the Amplified Version. This whole passage of Psalms, I love it, because many of the verses end with, for His mercy endureth forever. As a matter of fact, let's just start reading at verse 1 of Psalms 136. And again, I'm going to read out of the Amplified. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Can anybody do that? Woo! We thank you, Lord. You are good. And not only is he good, but he, for his mercy and his loving kindness. I like that in the Amplified because it says his loving kindness endures until tomorrow. Forever. Then verse 2 repeats it. Oh, give thanks to the God of gods. He's the God of gods. He's the most high God. He's the only true and the living God. There is no other God besides our God. Give thanks to the God of gods for his mercy and his loving kindness endure how long? Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords. I called him the God of gods, now the Lord of lords. For his mercy and loving kindness endure forever. To him who alone does great wonders. He alone deserves our praise. He alone is great. And wonderful. And does wondrous things. For his mercy. His loving kindness endure forever. To him who by wisdom and understanding. He made the heavens. For his mercy and loving kindness endure forever. To him who stretched out the earth upon the waters. For his mercy and loving kindness endure forever. To him who made the great lights. For what? Read that part with me. For His mercy and loving kindness endure forever. The sun to rule over the day. Read that part with me. For His mercy and loving kindness endure forever. The moon and the stars to rule by night. For His mercy and loving kindness endure Forever, little note there. He made the sun, he made the moon, and we're coming up on a time in history where there's going to be signs in the heaven, the sun and the moon. If you haven't heard about it, the four blood moons that are going to happen, beginning on April 15th, which is Tuesday, and it's going to they'll be going for a period of over a year, from April 14th to April. Well, April 4, 2014 to April 2015. There's a good reason I'm not teaching on it. But anyhow, <laughs> signs in the heavens. If you want to hear more about it, you can go online on YouTube, John Hagee Ministries. And he has a wonderful teaching. And I understand Tuesday night on certain channels, he's going to be doing a live broadcast. <laughs> Folks, we're living in a time. The God who created the heavens and the earth, the God who put the sun and the moon in the universe, he's going to speak to the world, even through nature. He's going to speak to the earth through signs, through the moon, Signs through the sun. We're living in a day. We're living in the hour. And I think that we should lift our hands and praise the Lord for his mercy and his loving kindness that endures forever. We thank you, Lord, that your hand is upon us for good. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Now, this whole chapter is really, then it goes on and it starts talking about how God delivered the children of israel we'll drop down to verse 11 he brought out israel from among them why for his mercy and his loving kindness endure forever and then verse 12 is where we were headed but that other was good i just like reading about it hallelujah with a strong hand and with an outstretched arm for his mercy and loving kindness endure forever. You know, it's something when God stretches out his arm and when his hand is reached out, it is a show of power and a show of strength. I can tell you for sure, you wouldn't want to get in an arm wrestling match with God. You'd lose every single time. Have you ever done that? An arm wrestling match and it's the stronger one that always wins. Well, the devil might try to get in an arm wrestling match with the Lord. He might say, well, I'm stronger. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. But the answer will always be the same. You will lose, devil, because the strong arm of the Lord will always win. And when that strong arm of the Lord and the hand of the Lord comes upon us. There's a show of strength in our lives. There's a show of power in our lives. Have you ever had the hand of the Lord come upon you while you're praying? Maybe I know as a preacher, as a minister, it's awesome when the hand of the Lord, the anointing of God, it starts sometimes on the top of my head and I feel it go all the way down to the soles of my feet. And it's a good thing. The anointing will change you into another person. Person, The anointing will cause you to get out of yourself, to say things that are beyond what you knew. You know why? Because the anointing comes from in here. It does come from out here. And it doesn't just happen on preachers when they're in the pulpit. When you're out witnessing to people, when you're out praying for the sick, expect the hand of the Lord to come upon you and to change you into another person, to help you to minister in a place called spirit and not out of your flesh Thursday night we had a good corporate meeting prayer meeting here there there weren't a ton of people here but it was really rich and it was good and there was a young man who you know I've talked to him a few times But the hand of the Lord came upon Brother Hassan how many of you were here it was so cool and pastor could see that anointing come upon him I don't know that he's ever prayed publicly like that in a corporate prayer meeting but the hand of the Lord came on him And when the hand of the Lord comes upon people, you can sense it. You can see it. And it was tangible. And Pastor went back. He was standing right in here. I think I'll go stand here. See if that's still here. He
1: was
0: (laughs) was standing right in there. And he put the mic up to him. And he just started saying, the king of the flood. The king of the flood is coming. The king of the flood is manifesting in this place. And it was powerful. And it was anointed. When the hand of the Lord comes on you, you can do things that you didn't think you could do. When the hand of the Lord comes upon you, things that seemed impossible. ...all of a sudden are possible. Because you know you're not doing it in your own strength. And you're not doing it in your own ability. You're doing it in the power and the might of His Spirit. There's a beautiful illustration in the Word of God about the hand of the Lord. There's many, but I love this one about uh, the prophet Elijah. And when you think about what happened in his life on this particular day... ...over in 1 Kings chapter 18... In this account, it had been quite a day for the prophet. In the first part of the chapter is is the story that I love to refer to, the the showdown at the O.K. Corral. When (laughs) prophet Elijah came on the scene and the prophets of Baal were defeated, And he had them all killed. He called down fire from heaven that licked up the water that he had put around the altars. And it was a glorious victory. It was an awesome thing because all the people started saying, The Lord God, He is God. When God's hand is upon you, it will be tangible. When God's hand is upon you to perform acts through you, signs and wonders, it causes not people to look at you and say, oh, you're something. But when it's really God in action through you, it will point to him. Just like on that day, the people weren't saying, oh, Elijah's something. The people were saying, God, he is God. He's the true, And he is the living God. So that's a pretty good day's work, don't you think? And he could, so this was something awesome that happened that day. But God wasn't through displaying his goodness through the prophet So after this happened, he goes to this mountain and he begins to pray. Because he had prophesied to King Ahab, it wasn't going to rain for three years. And it had not rained for three years. So here after this great defeat of the prophets of Baal, he goes. And he begins to pray for rain. And you know the account, but let's look at it over in 1 Kings chapter 18. We'll begin in verse 44. He had sent his servant out. Because God told him it's time for the rain. And he had sent his servant out. You know, when you're expecting breakthroughs, you're looking. You're looking for something to happen. You're looking for a sign that God has answered your prayers. And he began to tell his servant, you go out. There's a cloud. I know there's going to be a cloud. And it must have been a bright, beautiful, sunshiny day. There wasn't a cloud in the sky. So six times he kept saying, go back. Go look again. I know God's fixing to do something. Go look again. And we'll pick it up here in verse 44. And at the seventh time, the servant said, Oh, I see a small cloud the size of a man's hand. I find that interesting that the cloud was in the shape of a hand. Woo! A shape of a hand signifying that God's hand was about to come on the scene. Amen. That God's hand was about to send rain. You know what? If our eyes were open, I believe we could see a lot of clouds looking like a man's hand in the realm of the spirit because it's beginning to rain spiritually, we're living in a time when there's going to be a downpour, a rain of God's Spirit. So that's not without significance that, I, that it says he saw a cloud, the size of a man's hand. It's rising out of the sea. And Elijah said, that's it. That's all I needed. It's coming. He said, go up and say to Ahab, hitch your chariot and go down, lest the rain stop you. And in a little while, the heavens were black with windswept clouds. And there was a great rain. And Ahab went to Jezreel. And look at this. This is what we're talking about. The next verse. the ha- This verse. The hand. Everybody say it with me. The hand of the Lord was on Elijah. The hand of the Lord was on Elijah. And it was on him. To perform a sign and a wonder. His hand came so strong upon Elijah that he girded up his loins and he ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel, which was nearly 20 miles. Everybody say 20 miles. Talk about a feat of strength. He ran before the king's chariot. What does that mean? He ran faster than the king's chariot. That was the hand of the Lord coming on him, causing him to do something he couldn't do in his own strength. Now I can tell you right now, the king of that day did not have an old de do chariot. He didn't have the old gray mare. Ain't what she used to be pitched up to his chariot he was a king right. he had the best horses of the day he had the fastest chariots that were made but yet the hand of the lord came up on a man of god and caused him to outrun the king's chariot and not just for half a mile 20 miles we got some runners in this church, but I would dare say that if you're training for a marathon, it takes a long time to be able to get up to the point that you can even halfway run-walk 20 miles. That's what I'd be doing, walk a while, run a while, walk a while. This guy outran the king's chariots for 20 miles. Why? The hand of the Lord was upon him. The hand of the Lord will come upon His people in this day and in this hour. And He will cause us to do unusual and unlikely things. Not crazy things, but unusual and unlikely things that will cause people to look and say, That could only be the Lord. They couldn't do that. They're not smart enough. They don't have enough money. They don't have enough education. That has to be God. I'm a candidate for you for that. How about you? To say yes, Lord, here I am. Use me. For your glory and all honor will go right back to you. I have no problem saying that was God. I have no problem saying I couldn't have done that unless the Lord had helped me. And thank you, Lord, for helping me. I praise you for your strength. I praise you for your ability. I thank you for your grace and your anointing that comes upon me and helps me to run my race in strength and power and to finish my course with joy. Woo! Think about it. The hand of the Lord came on Elijah and he ran for 20 miles faster than the king's chariot. So don't you think that if the hand of the Lord comes upon you, you're going to be able to run your race and finish your course. The Bible doesn't say that we're supposed to crawl our race. We're supposed to run our race. And things are speeding up in this day and this hour. God's doing some mighty things, signs and wonders. I really believe it that we are going to have to be in good shape pastor said it in the first service this morning. We're going to have to be in good shape physically. We're going to have to be in great shape spiritually to keep up with what God is doing and wants to do in and through our lives. Amen. When the hand of the Lord is on us and it's tangible, it is noticeable. Just ask King Ahab. You think he noticed when this little old prophet started passing him up? And you imagine Elijah's hair blowing in the wind as he's running past the king's chariot? Ahab noticed. Wicked Jezebel noticed when he had all of her hundreds of prophets of Baal killed. You think the prophets of Baal knew that the hand of the Lord was upon Elijah when they said, Okay, slay all the prophets. A bell it's noticeable. At first, we read over there in Psalms 136, the children of Israel, when they went in to possess the promised land, God had done all these signs and wonders, these acts, these feats of strength, causing the Red Sea to to split before them, defeating their enemies time and time again to the degree that those that were over in the promised land, they were afraid and they would say, we have heard how your God is with you. We have heard how he caused wondrous things to happen on your behalf. I mean, people were trembling. They were trying to get in alliance with them because they knew the hand of the Lord was upon the children. of Israel. May it be said of Heart of the Bay, this wonderful video that we saw, may it be said, that's the hand of the Lord on that company of believers. It's the hand of the Lord that comes upon them and enables them to be a blessing in their community to give around the world. It's the hand of the Lord that comes upon them and enables them to lead people to Jesus to minister the healing power to the hurting. May people in this community not notice us. But notice. Yeah. Amen. The hand. Of the Lord. The anointing. Recognizing. Upon us. God is with us. God is for us. Let's look over at Joshua chapter 4. Verse 24. And he amplified again. That all the peoples of the earth. May know that what? Let's just read this together. All the peoples. Okay, let's start from the beginning. One, two, three, class. <laughs> that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty. And that you may reverence and fear the Lord your God forever. The hand of the Lord Is mighty. He is mighty upon us. It's because of God's goodness and God's grace and mercy and the anointing coming upon this congregation that we're sitting in this facility that is paid in full years and years ahead of time. That's God that has done that. Look what the Lord has done. And then I love how it says here that we may reverence and fear and worship the Lord forever. Everybody lift your hands. Take another worship break. Lord, we will forever give you all the glory, all the honor, all the praise for your mighty hand upon us, Lord. Oh, we reverence you in this place. We honor you. We exalt you. You said if your name be lifted up, we draw all men unto you. That's our heart's cry. Be mighty in this place, Lord. Hallelujah. We're not going to forget in this place, in this congregation, we are never going to take the credit. And we are not going to forget that it's God. How many of you give God the glory for what's happened in your life? You know, it's not a good thing when people begin to say, Well, it was my education. It was my family connection. It was my money. It was my this. My, 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 my. Me, myself, and I amounts to nothing. We will not forget what you have done it's a dangerous thing when men and women of God when anybody starts trying to take the glory to themselves I don't like it when I talk to somebody and I mean every other word is me I I did this look at my car look at what I got with my great promotion on my job oh look at my kids aren't they wonderful me myself and I that's not a good thing Whatever we have, we should be grateful. We should be thankful. And we should acknowledge the source. I have no difficulty saying, Lord, all that I am, all that I have, it's because of you. It's because you have graced my life and you have blessed my life. How many will agree with me and say, we will remember? Over in Psalms... 78 verse 41 and 42 in the amplified This was again God wasn't pleased with them because they forgot to give him the honor and time and again they turned back and they tempted God provoking and incensing incensing his the holy one of Israel they remembered not Seriously, the miracles of the working of his hand, nor the day when he delivered them from the enemy. When we refuse to give God all the glory, you know what? It limits what he can do in our lives. But that's not happening here. Amen. God is limited when we fail to remember and give him the glory for all he's done and brought us through some might say, well, you know, I've been through a lot. Lots of people have been through a lot. But the key phrase here is been through. You're here. As far as I can tell, some of you look sleepy, but you are alive. Look at your neighbor. Everybody is breathing. Everybody is here. You went through it. Hallelujah. You went through it. He said he was displeased because they didn't remember all the miraculous things that he did to bring them through the wilderness. They forgot to remember how strong his hand was upon them in giving them the promised land, in bringing them through Every attack of the enemy. We've all been through some things, but when you go through it, you ought to stop and say, Thank you, Lord. I'm on the other side now. Thank you, Lord, for my breakthrough. And some of you might say, Well, you know, I ain't, I ain't through yet. I'm in the middle of it right now. It's a tough, Time. Well, you know what? The Bible's got an answer for that too. I got great news for you. Look over in Exodus chapter fifteen, verse six in the Amplified. I told you I got a lot of scriptures. Don't you love the word of God? This is if you're still in the midst of something, this is what you need to remember. Your right hand, O Lord, is what? Glorious. Glorious in power. Your right hand, oh Lord, it shatters the enemy. You might be in the middle of a situation right now and it seems like the enemy is on every side and he's got you surrounded. But I'm telling you, the hand of the Lord has got power to shatter the enemy. Shatter, splatter, scatter, whatever you want to say just to cause him to get out. Of your life, if you will praise the Lord and you will give Him glory and you will exalt His name, the enemy has no choice but to leave. There is no shortage of God's power, and what we need to do is activate that power. It needs to be released by our faith through our praise. You know, praise steals the enemy when the lies of the devil are coming and he's surrounding you and he's saying, well, you're not going to make it this time. Your kids are being so rebellious. You can't pay your bills. You're not getting your healing this time. You know what you ought to do is lift up your hands and begin to exalt the Lord. I won't listen to the uh, lies of the enemy. I will praise my deliverance. Deliver her. I will praise and exalt my healer. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that praise steals the enemy. Praise causes the enemy to be shattered, to be scattered. And I like splattered, to be splattered. Isn't that what you do to a fly? Now some of you, hopefully you don't feel sorry for a fly. Sometimes I talk about things I've blown up with firecrackers and this and that. And people are like, "Ew!" But surely you don't mind taking a fly swatter and splattering a fly. I don't care at all. When I hit him real hard and I got strength, I hit him real hard and I see his little insides on the fly swatter. <laughs> it doesn't bother me at all that I splattered the fly's guts all over them well you know what the devil is he's the lord of the flies so just splatter him with the Word of God and the power, if he's got power in his hand to splatter the enemy, you use that same force and that same power and that anointing and watch the devil go splat. That's where he belongs. Amen? I don't know if some of you liked that, but I did. There is no shortage of God's power. We need to release it in our lives. Now another scripture. Numbers 11:23 in the Amplified. The Lord said to Moses, Has the Lord's hand, has his ability and his power become short, thwarted, and inadequate? You shall see now whether my word shall come to pass for you or not. The Word works when we work the Word. The Lord is saying here, What? Are you kidding me? All I've done for you, and now you're facing Goliath? Now you're facing another enemy? And you think that I've lost my power? You think that my hand has become short and in Reminding them, rehearse what the Lord has done. And you're not going to see His hand being pulled back in weakness. You're going to see His hand and His arm being stretched forth in power, ability, and might. God wants us to use that authority that He has given us to say, Lord, stretch forth your hand. To heal. Lord, stretch forth your hand to deliver. Lord, let your power be seen in that situation. Just think of it. I think we've established that he's got power, might, and strength in his hand. And the other side of this is that he has told us that we can command his hand. To be moved and used on our behalf. Now, normally, the use of a hand is a personal issue. I don't, you know, if I want to praise the Lord. Now, sometimes when I want to sing a song, I'll go over to Pastor Kimberly and I'll say, sing sing because I'm happy. Yeah, Yeah, That's not even scriptural, but it sounds better. But when I'm in church, I don't go over to Kimberly and say, I'm really tired and I really would like to raise my hands and praise the Lord, but will you just stand up and praise the Lord for me? You use your hand to praise the Lord for me. No, what I do with my hand is my business. If I want to praise the Lord, I've got to raise my hand and praise the Lord. What we do with our hands is our choice. It's our business. We can praise the Lord. We can bless the Lord. Or we can walk up to somebody if we really wanted to and just slap them across the face. (laughs) Whatever we do with our hand is our choice. Let me gross you out again. You can pick boogers with your hand if you want to. Whatever you do. (laughs) Not a good illustration. Just seeing if you're here. You can do whatever you want to with your hand, because it's your hand. But God said, Jesus said, I am giving you authority and responsibility to command the use of my hand. Think of that. We've been given the authority. And we've been given the power to command the use of his hand. You want to see that in the Word? It's over in Isaiah chapter 45, verse 11. Thus says the Lord, the Holy One of Israel and its Maker Would you question me about the things to come concerning my children and concerning the work of my hands? What does it say? Would you command me? In other translations, it's not a question. It says, command me concerning the works of my hand. Some say, I can't command God. Well, it's not like we're ordering him around. The word command there literally means to appoint, to assign, to commission. We have been given the right To commission him. It's like I quoted already Lord, stretch forth your hand and heal. Lord, bring deliverance into that person's life. Touch their life with your mighty hand of deliverance. Using the authority. We've been given that right, we've been given that privilege to use the name, to use the word, and to commission him. To extend his hand. Manifestations come into the believer's life when we use our authority and commission the hand of the Lord to get involved in our situations, in our circumstances. You got anything facing you? You need the hand of the Lord to be reached down. That you need the hand of the Lord to come on the scene. You need that cloud in the sky the size of a man's hand to show up and to cause rain to come into a dry place in your life. You need the hand of the Lord to show up and to bring a breakthrough. The hand of the Lord is not shortened. The hand of the Lord is mighty. The hand of the Lord is powerful the hand of the Lord will break any yoke of bondage the hand of the Lord will destroy any kind of yoke just seeing a yoke on somebody you can see it sometimes in the realm of the spirit but just see it like this but all it takes is one touch of the master's hand one touch of him stretching forth that mighty hand and that yoke is destroyed burdens are lifted Bondages are removed when the anointing comes upon the Lord. Oh, let the hand of the Lord be extended into situations. Let the hand of the Lord be mighty in the Bay Area. Oh, let there be a delivering power shown forth to those that are bound by addictions. Let the hand of the Lord be stretched forth to heal the Those that are sick in body, in the name of Jesus, we're expecting the hand of the Lord to be upon us as a group for good. Lord, we are at dobrosata. We place ourselves under your mighty hand. And you said that if we will humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, that you would exalt us. Hallelujah. Let's all stand to our feet. Lord, we are believing it that your hand is upon us to cause us to run our race and to finish our course and we shall hear from the lips of the master well done thou good and faithful servant lord right now we lift up everybody just lift your hands we lift up our holy hands to honor to reverence and to glorify you